have our expectation of good things to come increased by your holy word and we thank you for it father in Jesus name amen praise God amen amen so we're going to talk today about the atmosphere for miracles amen the atmosphere for miracles amen because we all like them we all want to see them we all want to have them come into our lives and uh, so it's always good to realize that they don't just happen uh, then they can uh, but oftentimes and more often than not you see it documented in the word how miracles occur and uh, I think it's good to <clears throat> understand that there is a way to work with God in the earth so that miracles can take place. Um, the Bible describes the gift of the working of miracles. The working of miracles. So there is a process and a procedure for working them. Got me? It's not works in the flesh but there is a uh, working by the spirit a pursuit of an answer and a pursuit of uh, perfection that must be present there has to be that kind of element there a desire and an element that that will not settle for anything less and uh, so that's in, in less than what is asked for and less than what is required and then so that atmosphere has to be set and set in the right way in John chapter 2 we'll see our first example uh, and that is Jesus' first miracle the, verse 11 says this beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him so you'll see the result of the atmosphere this is the end result of a miracle atmosphere number one the glory of God is made manifest that means it's made it's it's revealed to everybody so when miracles occur if it's like a, 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 a veil has been shredded and broken through uh, a, a status quo of darkness has uh, released itself and been released by the power of God so the glory of God breaks through in that atmosphere and God is able to show people who he is when he when you see that manifested glory that means God is revealing himself to everybody there and showing people who he is and the end result is that people believe God so miracles we can say are necessary so that people can believe God it's 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 proven in the word of God if if uh, injustice and oppression go on forever and ever and ever people wonder where is God why is this happening why does this you know whenever something bad happens to a person why is this happening to me why did God let this happened to me and so when God manifests his glory that's when the miracle occurs and people know God is God so he makes his presence known so how did this miracle happen and back up a little bit it says there is a marriage in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there 
And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. So Jesus was invited to this wedding. And be careful when you invite Jesus in somewhere because he is not just going to sit there and let things happen. He is the sovereign Lord of the universe but he doesn't move just on his own. He has to obey laws of faith and laws of God that are present uh, in God's word. One of the laws requires that faith be implemented faith toward God must be exercised in order for God to move so that that there has to be something transpiring here to move people from the ordinary realm that they live in over into the miracle realm so you'll see how that is and and who does that and so in verse 3 we see that happening It says when they wanted wine or they ran out of wine or they lacked wine. The mother of Jesus said to him they have no wine. Now what does that statement do? Well that statement in itself declares a desire for this situation to be changed. Whenever there's miracle atmosphere there must be a desire for a change in a situation of lack. God comes in and fills every lack. The earth was without form and void and God said and that was filled up. So God will come in in situations where there is lack. If he is asked to come in, he will come in and whatever he needs to do to rectify that situation, he will do. And he says, woman, what have I to do with you? My hour is not yet come. Huh? My hour is not yet come. Now Jesus had an expectation of how he was going to enter into ministry. Mm -hmm. We all do. We all have an expectation. We want to uh, lay hands on the sick. We want to pray for the sick. We want to see our families saved. We want to. We have all of these visions personally that we carry. And I'm sure Jesus because he was uh, uh, able to communicate with the father had some understanding of some of the things that he would do in his life and in his ministry and what he was saying is I'm not sensing the anointing or the power of the father coming upon me to do anything other than what I'm doing that's all he's saying here is that I'm not sensing quote unquote an atmosphere for miracles that's what he's saying and so he will be pressed into service though when the atmosphere is right so when the atmosphere is right then his anointing the anointing will come upon him and he'll hear from the father and do things and obey this is very critical to understand it doesn't make any difference what the situation in the meeting is as long as there's somebody there who is willing to press beyond the shut door the normal you got me so here Jesus pretty much closes the door here this is the closed door to the working of miracles gift his mother said to the servants whatsoever he says to you do it 
And so the mother, when she when the doors close, he says, My hour's not yet come, he closes the door. The mother goes and opens it again. So her faith, because it's persistent, creates the atmosphere for miracles. She's already set him up to do the will of the Father. Now it's interesting to understand that the will of the Father is something that we can tap into outside of the person that's serving. So forget that this is Jesus the Son of God. This is Jesus the man being anointed to serve. And to bring the power of God into the earth. And so if you can visualize him that way. Stripped of his kingly authority etc etc. Come down to the earth. Humbling himself as a man. And he said I do only what the father tells me to do. So that ought to give us a clue. As to what to do. Talk to the father. About the son. So that we can get what we need. That's exactly what Mary did. Even though he has shut the door. He said my hour's not yet come. All of a sudden after she goes and talks to the servant. The hour's upon him now. See. My time is not. It's not time for me to do anything like that yet. And so she goes to the servants. And says whatever he says to you do it. Why? Because she had heard from the father. To just keep persisting in this. And this is what we need to understand about the things that we desire here on earth. The door is never closed until we close that door with our faith. If your faith is ever uh, used to initiate something, the door is always open until you let it close by withdrawing your faith from the situation. And Mary had made up her mind she was not going to just sit back and take no for an answer. She decided to press further with her faith to see where it would go, where it would take her. And certainly it took her to the the thing that she desired and that was that those people would have wine. And sure enough, Jesus gets up then and instructs the servants what to do. So this atmosphere for miracles is created by the faith of one person being persistent and not giving up. And I think that's important to note because many times we feel that if there's resistance or somebody says no or it looks like it's not going to happen or you know everything looks like it's always looked so to speak. And we think that it's not ever going to change. Why? Because we're focused more in the natural than we are on what the Spirit of God has to say. Eh? The Spirit of the Father. I think Mary talked to the Father about Jesus all the time. You know what I'm saying? I think she was in the habit of checking with his heavenly Father and his, his only real Father about things related to him. She kind of knew where where he would be with his ministry. She kind of knew what kinds of things he would do. She was already prophesied about his future etc etc. And she knew uh, coming up to his 30th year that that was when most men entered the priesthood. If they were if the Jewish men that was the time they entered into the priesthood. So she's on a time schedule that she has held in her heart. And she's looking forward to her son 
fulfilling what he's called to do in the earth and that's just typical uh, for for women who know their children and want to encourage their children in the right things so this is in a way kind of the motherly push to you know get up and you can do this complete this you know you've always wanted to to get a degree and so and so and such and such don't quit now you've only got one more year it's that kind of thing that's that's what she's doing here with her son she's not really looking for the first miracle in his life but she knows that she can she can press the father for these things she has some freedom on her own to talk to God the father about anything that she needs always has that doesn't stop because her son doesn't feel like it's time to do anything and so when she begins to talk to the father God she gets encouraged in her faith to press in for more and that's typical of a miracle atmosphere in a miracle atmosphere you will be encouraged in your faith to press in for more and not settle for things the way they've always been you can't settle for that especially when you see in the word that God has promised us so many wonderful things so many he's promised us reconciliation he's promised us restoration he's promised us all of the things that we desire in life nobody wants to ever lose anything and so he had promised them the people at the wedding a joyful wedding and the way to have a joyful wedding is for everybody to have as much as of everything as they desire you know wine included so if it had been chicken wings she would have told him this did we out of wings you know that kind of thing and so whatever it was that was to fulfill and complete their joy that's what she pressed in for and it took a miracle to get it God doesn't care if it takes a miracle to get you what you want. Now we care. We set a miracle up on this high pedestal somewhere where it's almost unreachable and unattainable. But if you think about it, everybody that's born again is a walking miracle. I think many of us have been healed of things that never got a chance to manifest in our bodies. If you if you haven't gone to the doctor in 10 years, I guarantee you there'd be things that have tried to manifest in your body that didn't because you were under the word, you were able to get on get prayer when a, a small symptom showed up and you were kept in divine health because of your standing God, because you persist and you don't give up and you know, I, many times I've been in churches over the years where people will start out uh, so many churches started out uh, uh, with a nice tape ministry you know of recorded messages and over the years it just dwindles to to nothing you see all of this uh, equipment that people have purchased they don't even use anymore well what happened to that but somehow somebody got discouraged or somebody got talked out of doing it or something like that and they kind of let things go because it didn't look in the natural as though it was fruitful or productive but I believe once God gives you something to do whether it looks fruitful or productive or not you should continue to do it because it's the right thing to do so you never cut back slack off quit doing things that if it was ever once a good thing to do it's probably still a good thing to do especially when it comes to publishing the word so I think many times now people wish they had continued with that because you know as say for instance if you you have a church 
as new people come in they could benefit from some of the prior teachings you see what I'm saying and grow and grow quickly because they have access to those things so just because it doesn't look like the atmosphere is really supporting something it doesn't mean that you don't do it especially when it's in your heart to do and God has put it on your heart to do these things and so we have to make sure that we don't waver and we don't change when it's something that God has put on our hearts to do if he was once with you in it he's still with you in it he will be with you in it until it comes to pass and so that was Jesus's first miracle of the wedding feast at Cana of Galilee now I've heard ministers preach that that the reason Mary talked to Jesus uh, was because she'd seen him do some things like this before but that's really not true you understand what I'm saying you don't play with the anointing uh, and, and so once God sets you in ministry he sets you in ministry you you don't have a ministry of you know maybe like uh, um, if we they ran out of bread in the house she saw him make more bread or something like that that's not how this works this works this way and I think it's important to understand this was his first miracle this is how it happened and this is what we need to do if we want to see miracles now we need to follow this same pattern if you follow the biblical pattern you will never be short on what God wants wants for your life never walk away discouraged with your head hanging down because you seem to get a no answer many times the atmosphere that you you're in is saying no more than God is you got me atmosphere speak too if you're an atmosphere of unbelief people don't really believe in the supernatural or people have a lot of fear of the supernatural or they think it went out with the apostles or it went out with whatever that atmosphere will close the door to your miracle you got me but you have to continue and persist and press against this resistance in order to get what you need from the Lord and it will certainly come amen it will certainly come so that first miracle we see we saw how there was a desire that was expressed in faith so Mary asked in faith the important thing to to know in seeking a miracle is when there is lack always seek God first if you will put him on the case early and put him on the case first you'll find that 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 situation is remedied more quickly than if you go about trying to figure out an answer for yourself you just can't do it that way so always seek God when there is lack always have expectation verse 5 you see Mary's expectation is expressed in setting up the servants to help the miracle so she knew two things number one to ask the father God and he said go to your son and tell him what you need and number three get other whatever whoever else is involved in it you go ahead and speak faith into those people too so there has to be a vessel there that has faith for this whole thing to take place certainly the people who were in charge of the feast had no faith she was the one and so there will be situations where you will be the one that God calls upon to make a difference in these situations and just because you're the only one don't start feeling sorry for yourself 
and carrying on and on and on. You just go ahead and do what God's told you to do because he doesn't need a bunch of people you know, to do these things. It's so important for us to understand. So important. And to create the proper atmosphere for miracles. He only needs a couple of people that he can speak to. You see that over and over again. In the situation with the... Um, the ruler of the synagogue who came to Jesus remember he and the woman with the issue of blood kind of met up at the same meeting about the same time looking for help from Jesus and so when 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 it finally got down to Jesus creating the atmosphere for that miracle to raise that girl from the dead he had to send away more people than he had come man you send away so that you can create that atmosphere for miracles so many times miracles will happen in very small situations you know two or three people not a whole lot of confusion to get involved in things and so wherever God decides to do that that miracle that atmosphere has got to be set for that you got to have people who are willing to step out in faith take the risk of looking stupid take the risk of it won't happen or suppose it doesn't have all that kind of stuff you got to take that risk and get in there and obey God and do what he tells you to do in order to get that miracle so here we have in, in John chapter 4 the second miracle that Jesus Jesus performed it says that in John 4:54 This again the second miracle that Jesus did So we need to understand that these miracles are not like a daily occurrence with him and probably the reason is because we need people who are seeking and willing to press against the resistance and the closed door that there is there's always a closed door to the miracle working power of God always because the atmosphere this is not heaven that we live we live on earth the atmosphere here on earth the devil fights he fights through people's unbelief he fights through people's ridicule remember when Jesus told the the uh, the people who were bringing the casseroles to the grief thing for the daughters you know they buried her before she died you know they're home cooking and she's still sick and so they're wailing and bemoaning and he told them she was only sleeping because that's where she really was when he got that prayer and received her she was asleep and that's that's where he held her and they laughed him to scorn so that scornful spirit that's got to be cast out of the situation if a miracle is going to occur. That those things have to be taken away so that that atmosphere will support the miracle working power of God. A person who is being used to work miracles, somebody is he's helping at the altar, something like that, has to be bold enough to follow God's instruction so that that miracle can occur. What they're looking at is getting the results of God and not so much at at whether people are enjoying things or whether they're bored or whatever. This has nothing to do uh, with the people who are looking on but it has to do with accomplishing uh, what God needs to have done. And so this miracle starts John um, uh, chapter 4. Let me see where this one starts.
I think I want to start in verse 45 I guess it says when he was come again to Galilee the Galileans received him having seen all the things that he did at Jerusalem at the feast so here's the crowd see there's a a a kind of a spectator crowd that comes in a miracle atmosphere too and you all are aware of it you've seen it we've all been to Benny Hinn meetings some people are are down on the floor and, and waiting you know for their miracle then we got people up in the stands eating popcorn and you know <laughs> all kinds of stuff there uh, it's enough really to make you wonder you know how does God get anything done in, in some of these situations but it doesn't have to be all quiet and and hush hush in order for God to to work and he will get his work done it's amazing how God can do these things and some of the atmospheres that we have Uh, I call it the Herod uh, the Herod spirit you know when Herod was examining Jesus he was wanting him to do a miracle for him well you know like a, a form of entertainment you see some some people take it that way it's so carnal you know I mean there's so much good worship in these atmospheres and there's so much attention to the word but you know your mind will drift you start thinking about well what time is it I got to get out of here and I don't know why I came I went through all this trouble my feet are sore and I want to you know that kind of thing and so God has to cut through all of that because then there's the poor person that's been sick for so long that really needs a touch from God and so uh, we have to understand that uh, miracles are fought just by human uh, lack of interest and, and lack of attention span to God and so in verse 45 here with these people they were at the feast verse 46 so Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he made the water wine and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he'd heard that Jesus was come out of Judah, Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So here you see faith exercised in the miracle working power of God. This man asks him, and he asks him in desperation because his, his son is sick and at the point of death. So there is an expectation here that that uh, Jesus will come through for him and and come through and heal his son. But there's a problem, and so Jesus will always address the problem, not to discourage us. This is so important to understand. When Jesus exposes a deficiency. A problem, a lack in a person, in their prayer or whatever, it's so that he can help our faith. The the whole thing is to help our faith. So in a miracle working atmosphere, if there's anything lacking, he will help our faith. And so it's not to put you down or make you feel small or make you feel like he won't do it. But if there's something revealed here, it's so that our faith can be helped. Jesus said to him, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And so what he's telling him is that a miracle is is best worked if it can be done without seeing first. 
And so he knew that many of the Pharisees were that way. They were always seeking a sign. And that's what carnal people do. They want to see something first and then they'll believe. Well they'd already seen a miracle at that wedding feast. Many of them did believe but some of them did not. And so it's important that once you have uh, seen miracles and once you've uh, seen God move that you carry that faith on the inside of you. You keep that faith strong. You feed that faith. Uh, one of the problems that people have and I think it's it's something that God really wants to correct for them. You know it's amazing the people you might talk to sometimes and say well I've, I've had a miracle from God before. They don't serve him. They don't go to church. They don't worship God. They just get their miracle and go back to their normal life. And so it's almost like they're having to start all over again if they need something else from God. They don't understand that that impression that God has placed in their spirit because he's touched them once needs to be built upon. You can almost count the people in the Bible that followed Jesus after they were healed. Many of them just went back to their normal lives. Some he would have to warn, don't sin anymore. Something worse is going to happen to you. And so God reveals himself. He manifests his glory so people will know that he is real. And he wants to form a relationship with people out of this. Not just get and go, but get and stay. Get and follow. Get and worship. God is not just uh, some kind of a showman. This isn't some form of entertainment I guess you know where he comes and shows you what he can do and then you say oh well that's impressive and then you go about your merry way. I believe that there is an impression left in a person's spirit but then they tend to harden themselves after they see things like that and that that just is so common and you'll see it here the Lord mentions it here and Jesus said except you see signs and wonders you will not believe the nobleman said to him sir come if you don't come my son's gonna die so here Jesus closes the door in verse 48 there's always the closed door to the miracle he has to speak to the atmosphere he has to speak to the resistance he has to speak to the difficulty many times if say for instance if I'm working with somebody at the altar I'll get to the point where it looks like they're not going to get it if it's somebody that I can sense that that God wants them really to get it and that's pretty much everybody who comes if they have enough initial faith that I'll get a piece to keep working with them then I'll I'll pursue that I'll encourage them to keep at it keep at it keep at it sometimes there comes that shut door where you see them shut down in their faith where they don't want to do anymore and if I can find some way in God to pull them back up in their faith then I'll do that and oftentimes you can get people to just do a little bit more and a little bit more oftentimes they're not prepared for how much work is involved in working a miracle if it takes three trips back and forth across the altar just to get them loosened up a little bit so they'll start to the anointing will start to flow into them a little bit more you do that but now they're up there five minutes and they're looking at people and wondering what people are thinking you understand what I'm saying so that 
shut door can happen at any time in a miracle working atmosphere. Don't ever feel that that's going to go on forever and ever and ever. Because if there's not faith and people aren't engaged in their faith, that door will shut. And so Jesus shuts the door on this guy. He says, except you see signs and wonders, you won't believe. So what Jesus is doing is he is coaxing more faith out of this man. It doesn't look like it, but he is. So what he's doing is he's challenging him. Are you going to accept what I'm saying about you? Are you going to let yourself stay in this condition? That you live by sight and not by faith? And something inside this guy says, no, I want my kid healed. And he asks him again. He says, if you don't do this, my son's going to die. And so he opens the door back up again. You see how that's happening there? There's a closed door. This man is a man who's asking Jesus because he saw the miracle. And his faith is at that seeing to believe level. And Jesus has to point that out to him. But he does it because he knows resident inside that man. If he'll pull that faith back up again. That it will be enough for him to be able to do the miracle. So the nobleman said sir come down here or my kid's going to die. In other words he doesn't take no for an answer. He says no I thought I was coming because I needed to see something but I don't need to see anything just come and my kid's going to live you see. So that persistence that uh, hoping against hope pushing against the closed door not accepting your condition the way you are now if your, your faith isn't at the level it needs to be say it again and say it again and say it again. Remember Bartimaeus, the blind man. He said it all the more when people told him, shut up, the mass, don't call the master, don't trouble him, get out of here. He, he spoke louder and stronger. So within each individual there is resident faith that if it's applied against any resistance in the atmosphere, it's adequate to push through that so that you can go ahead and get your miracle. You gotta believe that, folks. You, you can't say, I can go, I better go back and get my word some more so that, you know, you use what you've got there because you've got Jesus there at the door ready to work. And if you will show him, you believe him in spite of everything that's against you, he'll come through for you. He will come through for you. And he says, the nobleman said to him, come here or my kid's going to die. Jesus said, go your way. He's living. In other words, that atmosphere that he, he punched through that resistance of his own that Jesus pointed out to him. And he punched through it and, and told Jesus, if you don't do it, it's over for my child. And I want my child healed. And Jesus said then go your way. Your faith has made you whole. So in all of these situations. Jesus is only wanting to do what needs to be done. In all situations he is trying to encourage our faith. Not tell us to go away empty handed. That's not what he's doing at all. Every time you see him interact with people in these situations. He's he's. He's reporting on the current temperature in the spirit for getting this done. That's all he's doing. And if you have something in you that can correct it, you need to bring it forth at that time. Remember the woman that, that wanted him to heal her daughter? 
And he said it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. And she said well even dogs get crumbs from the table. He shut the door on her because the way she was asking was not enough faith to create that miracle. So he had to shut the door and it's up to her to keep that door open. You got me? So it's up to us to keep that door open by persevering with our faith and asking again. Persistence creates the atmosphere for miracles more than anything else does. People who think this is a snap easy thing you ask one time and and don't ask anymore and if you ask again it's unbelief. I don't know where that came from but that's the most foolish thing I've ever heard spoken to people because you don't you know if you have faith or not and maybe you didn't your faith wasn't strong enough to get it the first time so go ask again who else are you going to ask for a miracle if you don't ask God and so you keep persisting you keep asking and you keep persevering so that was the second miracle and it says here your son lives and when the man believed the word that Jesus has spoken to him took him at his word he didn't have to see anything so you can go from seeing to believe in order into hearing the hearing and believing that's the correct way to approach God is based on what you've heard and you don't need to see anything in order to believe God. You just have to trust in him. It says as he was going down his servants met him and told him says your son's alive. He didn't die. And he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend and they said that yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was the same hour in which Jesus had said to him your son lives. It's important to do that. It's important for that father to know am I believing the right way? Did, did He told me I needed to see in order to believe and I told him I was believing. And so he needs to check. We need to check and verify these things so that our faith will grow. So that we'll have knowledge. Maybe this man can help somebody else to believe God for a miracle if he understands how it's done. And so Jesus does a second miracle. He corrects this man's faith. His faith, he had faith in God, but only on a seeing level. Jesus wants to bring it up to the level of hearing and believing and faith in his heart and trusting God so that he can do the miracle. So one one level of faith is higher than the other one. In John 6, I think we'll go there next. Starting in verse 2. So it's persistence, not being discouraged, don't quit. Just don't quit. It's, that's the important thing. Keep asking, keep knocking, keep persevering. John 6, 2, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on the people who were diseased so here we got some more sight people they don't really know how it happens they know it happened and there's nothing wrong with that you can be a sight person until it's your time to need one then you got to be a faith person you got to be a faith in the word type person Jesus went up to a mountain and he sat there with his disciples and the Passover the feast of the Jews was near And when Jesus lifted up his eyes, he saw a great company come to him. And he said to Philip, where are we going to get bread that all of these people will eat? 
Jesus had no problem understanding his responsibility to feed the multitude as they followed him. Got me? He knew totally his responsibility to the people. And, and he said to prove him for he knew what he would do. And Philip answered 200 pennies worth of bread is not sufficient for them that everyone will, ta- will take a little. Now this is the problem oftentimes that we have in seeking God for answers. Whenever you need an answer from God get money off the table. You got me? Whatever your need is take the cost of it off the table. You can take money considerations out of your difficulties. You'll see miracles. Many people are waiting for enough money to do X, Y, and Z before they'll use their faith. So you're really your faith is being held hostage by spirit of mammon. Mm-hmm. It is because that's a carnal-minded way of thinking about everything. It's a, and to me, it's it's one of those things where you you begin to insult God. As your source. You begin to offend God. As your source. If you think you can only do certain things. If you have a certain amount of money. So you'll see a miracle. If you take money off the table. If you'll take money out of the equation. As a consideration. You'll see God work. You'll see him work. It's not that you have to have a certain amount of anything to get anything from God he created everything if it takes a certain amount of money he'll get you that money many people are are I remember uh, Brenda Zetlitz uh, giving a testimony about her twins that were born and just you know uh, just a real um, myriad of opposition you know things that oppose you know she'd had miscarriages before and she was certain she was having another miscarriage the doctor told called and uh, she said she hid in the closet and didn't want to answer the phone she just threw the phone out there to her husband to talk to the doctor she was so afraid of bad news and she said that when they found out they, they, she was pregnant with twins and, and delivered the twins and they were healthy. All of that stuff you know, came through. Well at the end of it they had a huge uh, hospital bill. And she said that she had begun to talk to God about the hospital bill. And this was where she gave that testimony on the prophet's reward. Remember she said that she and her husband had let this man of God, this prophet of God, live with them for about a year. He needed a place to be. And so the end result of it was though if God uh, brought those children here he was going to pay for them too and she got a letter one day saying that the state of Texas uh, had decided to forgive their debt they only do this with a handful of people once a year and they were on the list having to have the debt forgiven that whole big she said it was in the hundreds of thousands of dollars they could never have paid that off but if God begins a miracle he'll finish the miracle don't ever put your need on the basis of when the money comes in it's an insult to God it's an insult to him 
You need to know that and you need to start conforming your thinking to if God has told you to ask for something. If he's put something in your heart to want he knows what it costs. If you keep going to him with it he will get it paid for. Many times you, if you step out in faith you'll find it's, it's not what you thought it was going to be at all. But if you're sitting back waiting for money to go. And this is the other thing about it. If you're waiting for money I guarantee you've had the money for it a ton of times. And didn't use the money to take care of it. Because it was never in God's care. You never really trusted God direction from him or any of that stuff. And how to do it. And I'm telling you from experience. I've tried to do many things asking God. Well when the money comes in I'll know it's time. He said I tell you that. I tell you that. I tell you when the money comes in you'll know it's time to move. You start moving now. He said I he said it's hard for me to beat a dead horse but I can stop a runaway freight train. He said so I'd rather you be the runaway freight train out there putting things in motion, lining things up, get them lined up just like the money's there and I'll have the money there. That's faith. The other thing is not faith. Where you put your your prayer in the hands of the God of Mammon. When you start saying when I get the money. What you've done is you put the God of Mammon above your God. You got me? And you're worshipping money. And you don't even know that's what you're doing. You think you're being diligent. You think you're that's really legitimate. But I'm telling you it's not. It's not before God. And so you don't worship God and Mammon at the same time. So if there's something needed, if you can take money out of the equation, you'll get your miracle. So here, Peter Philip comes up with the idea of we need money so that we can buy something. And so he, Jesus said that to prove him. Because he knew that Philip was going to be the one worrying about the money. Philip answered him, <clears throat> oh we did that. One of his disciples, verse 8, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a little boy here that has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So here's one guy, one of his disciples is worshiping mammon, and the other guy's making fun of him. See? Well, you know, <coughs> it's, you think this is enough, Jesus? You know, got this little bit here. So they're both... Dealing with things by sight. Nobody's delving in and using their faith and trying to come up with an answer from God. So that's why Jesus puts them to the test. That's why he, Jesus already knows how this is going to play out. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what God's going to do. But at the same time he's got to teach his disciples how to get unbelief out of their brains. How to clear up because the atmosphere for miracles has to work with People on one accord. People in faith. Not people wondering what's going to happen. Not people, eh, we won't do anything. We don't have enough money to do anything. And quitters. Because they're never going to have enough money <laughs> to buy enough for all these people. So why even bring that up? And so we, we have to, to go beyond that. And go now into the supernatural where there's no lack. In God's kingdom there's no lack. There's no, there's nothing but the presence of God to remedy the situation. But we got to believe him to remedy the situation. So this is a test situation for the disciples. This is their, you know, their final exam, so to speak. 
open book test because they can talk to Jesus about anything. And so he says here, uh, there's this little boy here. What's, what is this? And Jesus said, make the men set down. This changes everything. When you start speaking from the answer that God gives you, that changes everything. It changes the atmosphere. So when Jesus starts telling them to make them sit down, what he's saying is, we're getting ready to feed people. And you're going to find out it doesn't take money. We're not waiting on enough money to do it. And you're going to find out your little joke about the, the, what, what the little guy's lunch the joke's going to be on you when we're done with it. And so all of the people who uh, think miracles are a joke or think when you start doing things it's not going to work. That sit there and watch to see if you can mess something up or they can find something fault find and criticize. You know there's always those in an atmosphere. Once that miracle gets set in motion those people's they will be found to be in the wrong. They will be confounded. The wisdom of the world is always confounded in the atmosphere of miracles. So when Jesus tells them make them sit down we see the atmosphere change. Because now the expectation is that the father will provide. When you create an atmosphere for miracles you must expect God to provide. You can't be wavering on it. You can't be wishy-washy on it. You must stay with that. Once you you start that you got to stay with it. You must expect God to provide. I say sometimes when we have the healing healing schools I wish I could take the people who are on crutches and canes and walk with them long enough for them all to get it. You know if you persist once you start in faith that miracle is there for everybody you start with. What I generally get is some degree of change for most everybody. Every now and then somebody will let go of all of their uh, reservations about it and all of their fears and all of their embarrassment and everything and they'll just suddenly yield and let everything go yield to the power of God and it goes in like that in a zap and they'll get it and they'll run off and you know they got it because they're running all around you can't slow them down but if you if you can't do that if your time doesn't permit then you have to take them as far as their faith will let them go but I'm telling you if they let go of everything and let go of all of their concerns everybody would get everything they come for for in those meetings and many times you're just starting with just raw faith trying to meet a lot of unresist a lot of uh, unbelief and resistance so you, you have to be careful to keep that atmosphere the way it's supposed to be so Jesus has an atmosphere of expectation because he's making them sit down as if they're going to have lunch and there's no lunch there so if you can start that miracle by putting people into it before the provision shows up you'll get it anything you need from God if you can put yourself in the position of having it before you'll have it you'll have it but you have to be persistent in it what happens is many people start it and then they let the devil talk them out of it and they never go back to try it again you have to keep if it's if it's 
if you want uh, a dining room table, you get what table you have and you put your dishes on it and you start acting like it's the table you want. You got me? And you sit there and you do it. Now not just once or twice but you do it every day. Because if you're looking for that to come in, you want to act like that every day. If, you, if you're believing God for a, a remodel or redo in your bathroom, you get yourself the vanity or the nice piece that you're going to have and wait for the others to come with it. Put it up there and start using it just like the rest of it's there. And pretty soon it will show up. That's the atmosphere for miracles. And if you will put yourself in that spot before everything's in place, that will come. It will definitely come. People do it all the time. People do it and don't really realize that they're creating an atmosphere for a miracle. Women will have baby showers. They'll buy little things and cute little things. No baby yet. Some of them would even buy it before they're expecting. Most of them are expecting. But you know many things can go wrong in a pregnancy. So the more you operate like you're expecting a live baby, the more faith and confidence for the live baby comes. It's just a fact. It's a fact. It's a miracle working fact. So Jesus makes everybody sit down. You notice he doesn't tell them what they're sitting down for. Sometimes it's best not to spill the beans on people. So you don't have to deal with them arguing with you. So right now we're just doing a sit down. And so... Make the men sit down. There was much grass in the place. So the men sat down about 5,000. Can you imagine? Well if you can feed one with a miracle. You feed 5,000 with a miracle. You think God's counting? Well let me think now. I don't think I can multiply that many. I don't, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't care how many. He doesn't care how much. He doesn't care what you need. He doesn't care. Just ask him for what you need. And he says... When he took the loaves, verse 11, and when he had given thanks. So really you can say this. That that little lunch that was provided was the offering or the seed that needed to be sown so that the rest could be fed. So Jesus took what was a lunch for one person. And offered it up through thanksgiving to the Father. That's how you offer things. That will give us a hint on why we wait so long for certain things. You ever get bummed, disgruntled, angry, upset because you've been asking. You think you've been waiting on something in God and it hasn't come yet. If you can get thankful. I mean Oprah Winfrey knows that. And she's not even trying to serve God. She has all her little things she's preaching to people. Well thankfulness that's very important. I found that that's that's the way to go. And she doesn't know anything about the word. You know I mean she picks up some things. But that's a, 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 a Bible fact. Thanksgiving always allows the offering to be accepted. And it brings the increase that you need. If something is is not large enough to meet the need, if you offer it up with thanksgiving, it becomes a seed. It's never removed from your life. 
It becomes a seed and it increases and it multiplies. So Jesus he took the loaves. We had given thanks distributed to his disciples. The disciples to them that were set down. And likewise of the fishes as much as they would. And they were filled and he said to the disciples gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Now this is something that's important to know about God. When he does something he's always extravagant. You know what extravagant means? That means that he will treat you as though the supply is unlimited and there's never any lack. Never. So there must be fragments left over. There must be leftovers. God's provision is not barely enough for everybody and somebody goes to bed hungry. We didn't have enough for all the kids so I just had you know some whatever whatever. I know we've all been in those experiences but I can tell you that's not God's way of providing. His way is to provide more than enough that people eat until they're full. That there would be fragments left over. That there would be excess. That there would be abundance. And abundance there is. I've told when we do the hospitality for the, uh, for the conference. On a regular basis, I always tell the the girls that work hospitality, I said, well, God wants us to let people see there is abundance. I don't want it heard or said that we ran out of this or there wasn't enough of that or people were dissatisfied. We serve a God of abundance and we have abundance for everybody. And so we've made that our standard. We've made abundance our standard. And it, it takes a little extra time. It takes a little extra Patience in buying, you know. Sometimes I, I'm amazed at how uh, how two people is really little Shannon and Sean have done all the purchasing. But we've always had maybe just two people. They buy everything for everybody. I mean, the whole whole amount that you're served for those number of days, they go out and purchase everything. Well, there's got to be supernatural help to do that. You you know, if you were trying to feed a family that size and buying for them, you'd be out of your mind. And so you need a miracle from start to finish. And I know that there is grace for them. and enables them to go and not get frustrated, not get upset, not throw in the towel. We have, we've had some people that quit but they don't know how to find it. They're trying to do it in their own strength. They don't know how to graciously accept the grace of God and the mandate to get the job done. And so when you can accept that and you understand it and you know God's standard. He will help you greatly. He greatly helps what we do. And he greatly is there for us so that we can get everything done. And so it's a good thing and I believe that's what he wants reproduced everywhere that his people are. You know, I've seen how some people run their ministries and I just refuse to do things like that. You know, the people that that are workers there, they you know, you got to pay for your meals, you got to pay for this, they're scrambling to go and find food. Whoever's in charge don't they don't know if you had lunch, you didn't have lunch, well, and don't care. They expect you to provide everything. Well I think it's time we start doing things the way Jesus did them. You know I'm sure they had homes to go to. But when they were on a road trip he was responsible to feed everybody. Even the guests that were there. Now we don't go that far. We've done it from time to time. We've had people who were guests come up there and just 
fall in with everybody else that was working think you don't see them and all that but right you know but hey there was more there was enough for them too so nobody was shortchanged on anything I even would have people oh I thought you invited everybody when you were telling people where to come it's for the workers (laughs) but anyway you know God provided even with that where else are you going to know God's provision if you don't know it in his house if you don't know it in his house where are you going to know it and then you're to take that faith so that you can do things that way in your own home you can teach your children how to expect God to to perform miracles and how to provide that that's it's supposed to start here and you take it out there so if it's not here it's not going to be any place you know you've got to see that in operation you got to see that faith in operation so we give the offering with thanksgiving that's what Jesus did and then they sat down and and everybody ate until they were filled when they were filled after they were filled that's when they collected what was left over see you don't stop until people are filled if there's somebody that wants seconds you've got to have enough to provide that you got me that's otherwise it's not God somebody's quit on the job you know or somebody's you know not wanting to do and and see the job through but there's more than enough where God's involved where faith in God is in operation there is always more than enough amen always more than enough so that's miracle number three so you see the problem was depending upon money you get money out of the picture and you get ridicule out of the picture and you'll get a miracle you can get remove those things and be sensitive to God telling you how to to take care of those things. You can get them. Sometimes you can get them out by preaching, giving the word. Sometimes you can get them out by singling it out the way Jesus did, getting people to reveal what they're thinking, that kind of thing, so that He can correct it and they can go in and have what God had. You want what God has for you, and miracles will bring what God has for you into operation. <clears throat> In John chapter 12, we, we can go there. How much time we got, Miss Juana? Okay. All right. John chapter 12. We'll do one more. Y'all getting this? You understand this? Miracles are right there for us, folks. we got to know the proper things to do in order to get them. Well, so I'm expecting greater miracles, greater miracles in all of our meetings, greater power in all of our meetings because it's there for us. We're learning how to tap into it. So in John chapter 12, let me see, I want to say verse 30. Oh, okay. This is a, a comment I wanted to make about miracle power and how it can be observed but not believed in. So there are many times people have seen miracles in their history. They've seen miracles but not believed in. And God wants to be able to prove everyone in this. Verse 37, but though he had done so many miracles before them, they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, saying, Lord, who hath believed our report? 
And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Well, it's revealed to the people who persevere with their faith. And when that door is closed, they press in against that closed door and get it anyway. So the atmosphere for miracles is a faith atmosphere. And it's a love atmosphere. It's a faith atmosphere and it's a love atmosphere. Why? Because faith works by love. There can be people believing. But if they're hardened or if they're turned off by something or if they let let uh, their flesh overtake their faith so to speak. Then that, that faith will be shut down by lack of love. But in a miracle working atmosphere there's faith in the atmosphere and there's love in the atmosphere. Your faith can be shut down. You can you can be critical about something. You know, just sometimes people don't believe women ought to do meetings. And the the more you talk and the more you preach, the more irritated they get. Well, see, if they don't know how to drop that and and have a, a spirit of love toward that person or love just means no judgment no criticism they just drop the judgment usually and love will spring forth you know if, if you're a saved person it's in there we shut it down with this thing up here and attitudes that we have about people and and different things sometimes people can can be critical if you say something that kind of strikes their ears the wrong way sometimes people have antenna up when they come in to pick apart things and find they're looking for something wrong you know they can't somehow they can't settle down and let their faith flow uh, in an atmosphere and and you know if the minister is skilled they know how to get around that how to disarm people so to speak so that they're they're they can drop that guard but the lord says here therefore they cannot believe because isaiah has said again verse 40 he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts in other words if you insist upon coming with your judgmental attitude god will leave you like that that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their hearts nor be converted that i should heal them and so there are many people that come to church angry upset hardened they get harder and harder because God's not going to help you a whole lot you've got to humble yourself you've got to repent you've got to get your heart set in love so that God can help you he'll help anybody that's repentant he'll help anybody that's humble he'll help anybody that drops the guard and, and just does what they're supposed to do you know, I can't tell you people who come to me and said stuff like, well, I thought when I saw a woman was going to preach, it was it. But I really like your preaching. So I said, well, I'm glad, you know, you want to say something else. But, you know, thinking this day and age, how can somebody be so backwards, you know. But it's out there. So he says here, nevertheless, among the chief rulers... Also many believed on him but because of the Pharisees they didn't confess him. In other words they didn't, they didn't share and, and operate in love in this thing because they were afraid of being kicked out of the synagogue. And isn't that what happens with a lot of people. They'll come and get the supernatural go back to a dead church because they've been made a deacon or they've they're got a position there or they offer to give a position there. They just shut down on it and never follow through on what God has for them.
over the years we've seen people like that come into the healing schools they'll come for a season to get healed and then they go back in an atmosphere of unbelief and they're back sick again and they got it they never catch on that maybe i should follow this if it healed me maybe i'll stay healed if i but they want to keep a position you know people are funny they like their church because they have a position there. They like their church because they have friends there. They like, and it's, it's a social thing. It's not a spiritual thing. And when they get a problem, the social won't heal them, but the spiritual will. And they'll reject the spiritual and hold on to the social because that's more important to them. That's just the way it is. But in a faith atmosphere, in a miracle atmosphere, there is an atmosphere of faith and love. In fact, the atmosphere is ripe with all of the fruit of the Spirit. All of it. Sometimes I'm amazed at the end of a healing school, everybody's still sitting there. You know, patience is there in that atmosphere. I mean the the ones that are anxious left a long time ago. They left like to get in a praise and worship. So the ones who are still hanging at the end of the meeting, it's because the miracle atmosphere has patience in it to support that. There's an expectation. They want to to stay in that atmosphere, maybe to see what else God is going to do. There's love there. They they want to uh, have fellowship with people. We've had people at the end of the healing school. Well, what are you getting ready to do now? Well, we're going over here to have dinner. Can I come? Yeah, you can come. Come on. You know how much money you got? I'll pay for you. Yeah, whatever. But it's it's like that. There's that desire to stay in that atmosphere and to keep that going, and that's because it's ripe with the fruit of the spirit. All of the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience gentleness faith and their high spirit of compassion is there you'll notice sometimes in in at the altar especially if you're close to the altar there's that there's a weeping that will sometimes come over you when you start to sense that anointing and sense that power now most of you have gotten used to it but many times there's that deep moving on the stirring on the inside of you that that makes you hunger for the goodness of God it's it's a good atmosphere it's a good atmosphere to get the unsaved saved in because there's a spirit of conviction there's a purity and a holiness in the atmosphere that's a conviction for sin and so it's it's a good atmosphere it has all all of the fruit of the spirit there all of the work of the ministry can get done in a miracle working atmosphere so it's right with the fruit of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit so all of the gifts are there it's the fulfillment of of uh exodus 39:26 that describes the hem of the priest garment it's the highest high priestly anointing that there is is a miracle working atmosphere. They turn to Exodus 39:26 real quick. I'll show it to you. The priesthood is in its highest capacity in a miracle working atmosphere. That's why a lot of times you just want to jump up and down. Boy, I feel like I can expect God to do anything. Yeah, but you got to stay, you know, with God and, and find out what he's doing. We say Exodus 39 and verse 26. It talks about how they are making the robe of the high priest. This is Aaron's robe. It says, uh, verse 24, they made upon the hems 
of the robe pomegranates of blue purple scarlet entwined them and in entwined linen and they made bells of pure gold and put the bells between the pomegranates remember brother Hagen said healing is a dinner bell and ding 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 miracles are the dinner bell too they ring but miracles are more than that they put bells between pomegranates bells representing gifts two signs they draw people's attention pomegranates is fruit so you have a high you have the highest level of the gifts of the spirit in operation with the fruit of the spirit that's why in a miracle working atmosphere ministers can minister a long period of time working with one person because the fruit of patience is there there's faith there so and the gift of faith is there if you need more than the normal healing faith the gift of faith is there so the full full high priestly anointing is there to fulfill everything that's needed so this is an atmosphere of no lack when God manifests his glory there's no lack there so there's nothing there's nothing missing we just have to know how to tap into it so you yield to the fruit that you need to sustain you to keep working in that atmosphere until that miracle is accomplished or everybody that needs something has gotten what they need <clears throat> so that's, uh, it, everything is visible and available to release the power of God people who stand in the flesh stand outside of the atmosphere so the flesh creates the veil that's why some people get it and some people don't some people go away mad and some people you know some people are looking for somebody to lay hands on outside of the meeting you know while they're inside it's the veil of the flesh keeps them from yielding to that in the holy atmosphere you don't ever want to exalt yourself that's like the last thought you're supposed to have if you're yielding to the fruit in the atmosphere is something to make yourself stand out. You got me? So there's a hardness of heart that comes in there. And if you don't repent, God just lets you get hardened all the more. That's why there are people that don't believe in miracles, won't believe in miracles. You've heard some people don't, uh, don't believe in praying in tongues and you can't convince them you show them the bible and they are not convinced it's because of the hardness until they repent god will let them stay hard because they know better they know that when they see the word they need to respect that word but they're like the the pharisees want to throw people out of the synagogue if you believe on jesus now you can't stay here so and they're bold about it they you know they'll challenge you to go and believe for a miracle believe for your family be healed or lose your membership that's just the way it is folks the religious spirit is is probably the most wicked spirit there is because of the bible jesus said that did your graves full of dead men's bones you don't go into the kingdom you don't want it and you keep other people from getting in there it's the most wicked thing you can do if people want God let them have God 
If God's not over there, they'll find it out. You don't have to stand in people's way. And so if if we can remember that and respect that, you can pray people into God's will. You know, you can all, we, we, that's all we do when you pray the word over them. They'll find the truth. So the atmosphere really of miracles is God's witness to his own existence. His glory is his witness to his own existence. Hebrews 2 says that. That will be our last scripture. Hebrews chapter 2. I'm we'll start in verse 1. <clears throat> Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed. You need to really take this seriously. Give the most earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Lest at any time we let them slip. They give her earnest heed. Listen earnestly. You know, if you got notes, go over your notes when you get home. Give it earnest heed. You know, if you listen to tapes and CDs, listen so that you can get this on the inside of you. See, you're not really hungry for anything else. You're hungry to get the fullness of what you've already been taught. Because we let things slip. If you don't hold on to them, they will slip. Says for the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him? God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now, what more do you need? Huh? If you give earnest heed to what you've been taught, just take it seriously. Be diligent about the things you've been taught not to let them slip. Continue in them. You know, the body of Christ, you know, they, they get bored like this little roaming band of you know of uh, sheep out there looking for food looking for this looking for that no you just need to be earnest about what you already have you know be diligent about what you already know take it farther ask God how you can help begin to increase his church build his church with what you know let that be your challenge instead of roaming around looking for new food to eat or new music or something that's kind of like silly to me when there's such work that needs to be done in the kingdom there are people going to hell every day we pass them all the time why not ask God if he'll let you stop and give the word to somebody one day God just let me stop and pray with somebody just put it in my heart to have the boldness and confidence to go up with someone and say hi to them and just say you know I just was praying this morning I asked God if I could could ask somebody if they need prayer can I pray with you you'll get some no's but you probably get more yeses than no's it'll shock you what what God will open the door for you to do if you give earnest heed to the things he's told you you can have miracles all the time anywhere Probably the greatest miracle will be that we do more for God. You know instead of settling for what we do. Just coming to church doing our bit here and then going home and not doing anything different in between. Let your Monday through Friday be a little different this week. God use me to speak to somebody about you. I'm tired of people not liking me at my job because I'm a Christian. (laughs) Let them like me now because I can do something to help them. That's a miracle in itself. Amen. When those doors come down. Father in heaven we thank you for allowing us the opportunity to be builders through your miracle working power Lord. 
We know, Father, that you create an atmosphere for miracles. Wherever you are, wherever your word is obeyed, we can have that, Father. We thank you for that. Whatever power we need to accomplish what you've given us to do, we can get it, and we know it, and we believe it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If anybody needs prayer, come on up and I'll pray for you. Praise God.